You, dear listener, are about to enjoy another impeccable episode of the Times Ours podcast presented by The Athletic. But are you going to be able to follow along with the stories that we're talking about? The stories that we just touch on, give you a little tease for, and then say, hey, go read it at theathletic.com. Are you going to be able to do that? If you're a subscriber, the answer is yes, and you're getting like the six-dimensional version of this podcast. But if you're not subscribed to The Athletic, you're going to miss out on this whole other angle of the show and also so much incredible work, not just from Nate Taylor and Seth Kaiser, whose voices are going to be joining me in a moment, but also from people like, oh, I don't know, Alec Lewis, who covers the Royals, from all of The Athletic's national writers, football, baseball, every sport, and just about every team across the globe, it feels like at this point. I don't know if we've gotten to cricket yet, but everything else at theathletic.com, it's an incredible value and incredible content already. And right now, the deal gets better. You can get 40% off. Sports are back. You can save 40% now on your first year subscribing to The Athletic if you go to theathletic.com slash times hours. T-I-M-E-S. O-U-R-S. Time Sours also works. You don't want to miss the exclusive in-depth coverage of this unprecedented sports season. Subscribe now and you can save. If you sign up now, you can see for yourself this creativity, the reporting, and the storytelling that truly sets The Athletic apart. And nobody does that better than the people you're going to hear on today's show. And if you do that and you go to theathletic.com slash timesars, you can get 40% off an annual subscription. Sports are back and you won't want to miss breaking news stories on your favorite team. So go to theathletic.com slash timesours. Time Sours for a 40% off an annual subscription. We hope to see you there. Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Nate Taylor, Chief Speed Writer for The Athletic. I know you usually don't hear my voice uh, in this particular manner, but within literally minutes of Danielle hitting the button so that you could uh, hear this podcast today that we recorded on Wednesday, uh, the Chiefs uh, announced that their star running back, Damian Williams, has informed the team that he is opting out of the season. Uh, for 2020, uh, alongside with Laurent Duvede Tardif, the right guard who also played in the Super Bowl and has been with the team for several years. This has major ramifications, so I'm going to quickly go through them and then we'll get back to what was recorded before uh, today's news broke. In essence, um, Damian Williams opted out of the season because of family-related issues, along with his own concerns about his health, uh, based on a number of sources who I've talked to in the minutes shortly after this. Uh, the Chiefs sent out a statement that says, basically, as an organization, we certainly understand and respect Damien's choice, knowing it was made in the best interest of his family. It means a lot, or he means a lot to our football team as a player and a person, and we are going to miss having him around the season. Now, before uh, players were given the ability to opt out, uh, I had written that the Chiefs had essentially a flawless offseason where 20 of 22 starters were going to return. And you could honestly say 21 if Juan Thornhill uh, comes back from his ACL injury pretty strong. Now we're at a point where it's 18 of 20. And of course, Juan Thornhill is still a question mark as to how he will start the season in 2020 as well with both Damian and Laurent not returning turning for this season their contracts will essentially roll over to next year so they are still going to be with the Chiefs organization for the foreseeable for all intents and purposes lord willing if we have a season this year um because of obviously the global pandemic uh with the coronavirus so for the depth chart moving forward this in some way gives the Chiefs a little bit more flexibility at the position 
while also knowing that their best player at the position is not going to be on the team. For many people, I have tried to say this for months now, that Damian Williams was the best player at the running back position that the Chiefs had going into this year. He had proven that by arguably being the Super Bowl MVP, uh, if you really look at the full body of work, I know Patrick Mahomes is great at football, guys. I am not saying otherwise. Um, But Damian Williams had the best game of his career in the biggest game of his life in the Super Bowl. And so in the four games... Once he came back from injury, he recorded 403 all-purpose yards and seven touchdowns, um, and that was before the Super Bowl. And in the Super Bowl, obviously, he scored uh, the game-winning touchdown, the game-sealing touchdown, and was both a star running the ball and catching it as well. So what this means is the Chiefs now have four running backs that they can carry onto their roster. In my earliest of early roster projections right after the draft, I thought the Chiefs were kind of in a pickle at the position because they had five legitimate players for, I believe, only four spots. With Damian Williams moving on now, it is my belief that it's going to be a running back by committee full on. Uh, Basically, Andy Reid's going to have to ride the hot hand for the first, I would say, month as we all sort of get used to whatever football version we're going to have. And so if you look at the depth chart right now, and I know it's, it's somewhat fluid and chaotic and there's going to be even more changes coming, I would think. Uh, to how the Chiefs move forward. You've got Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, the really talented rookie out of LSU. You've got DeAndre Washington, who was the former college teammate of Patrick Mahomes and has maybe the most experience to be the immediate starter if the Chiefs host the Houston Texans on September 10th. Darwin Thompson's going into year two. We obviously like him as a podcast group and to see what he can maybe do. And then the last guy was Daryl Williams, who is once Clyde Edwards-Alaire's teammate in college at LSU, uh, but he also suffered a brutal hamstring injury in December that removed him from the playoffs. So he's coming back from injury. I think these are the four guys that the Chiefs will use. Essentially, it's Clyde Edwards' job. It's Clyde Edwards-Alaire's job to win. We all know that he's a first-round pick. Uh, this gives him perhaps more touches than maybe the team was sort of expecting moving into the season because Damian Williams was on a contract year and obviously had played well toward the ends of last year. But I think right now it's DeAndre Washington, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Darwin Thompson, and Darrell Williams to be your four running backs based on the depth chart moving forward. And we'll see how it goes from there. Uh, thank you for listening. This is the best that I could do in the short amount of time we have to uh, sort of put this on top of the episode. But we hope you enjoy this special episode with a special guest, uh, for this week's Time's Ours. So thank you. All right, everybody working up. Everybody's working. With that Time's Ours. Today feels like a little bit of deja vu for me personally because I talked to uh, Seth Kaiser last night. Uh, we're having a very special guest on in the second half of the show. I talked to him last night as well. But Nate Taylor just got back from a vacation. And hey, Nate, uh, do you need a crash course on some of the things that happened while you were gone? Oh, my goodness. What what is what is what has I done? Like, I can't. The NFL, it just doesn't stop. Like, it just I just want to take my family on a vacation in, in these times. Just just one week of a reprieve. And yo, every day I kept looking at my phone like I'm not supposed to be looking at my phone. But. Here we are, and it's. I'm glad to be back. Thank you all for for patiently waiting for the latest episode of Times Ours. It it's gonna be a treat, and I feel like I don't know what the hell's going on in this league. 
Since you disappeared, LDT decided that he was going to keep being a doctor and basically just became, like, the number one story in the world for a little while. The Chiefs then signed a replacement. They signed a safety last night that we will get to on some level. Baseball almost ended and then was fine. And then Patrick Mahomes bought some of baseball. (laughs) And there were a bunch of press conferences last weekend of, like, here's how we're going to not have COVID, you know, just flood through the league. And then, essentially, the Rick Burkholder of the Minnesota Vikings tested positive for COVID, which doesn't really instill all of us with a ton of confidence. Right. That happened while you were on vacation. I know. I like. I don't mean to laugh at the whole like what happened in Minneapolis, but it's just like I remember showing that to Holly and being like, "So how are we gonna play football? <laughs> how how are we gonna play football <laughs> if the people trying to keep the guys safe are you know? There's some level of exposure to all of us. I I get that, but I not a good sign. Like there have been walkthroughs. I can I can report that. Like guys are walking on a field. Mm-hmm. At a socially distanced level. And that's all I can tell you. And I don't know when we're going to see pads. I don't know when we're going to see helmets. Um, anything that looks like football. But um, the Chiefs are trying to do something. And they need. And this is like. This is the most human way I can explain it. The Chiefs seem, you know, appear to be on point. Appear to be at a place where they are structured. They're organized. They communicate at a high level. Everybody knows what they're doing they're all invested and then they got to work with 31 other teams who may not be as um competent as they are and that is how this season is going to be historically told is like which one y'all is going to maybe be the miami marlins which really isn't your fault it's just you weren't as good as your job as like somebody else who is also financially tied to you with their job it's it's wild but Yeah, the Chiefs are still making news every week of this offseason, and it is mind-boggling in a lot of ways, but this is the world we live in in 2020. Uh, we we should spend a minute here on LDT. It, I don't. It didn't happen that long ago, but it kind of feels old because just so many things have happened. But LDT Laurent Duvernay Tardif opts out. I can't imagine anyone listening to this is learning that for the first time. He he's the first player to opt out of the 2020 NFL season. Many players have followed suit since then. Um, but his reasoning is so he can continue working on the front lines of the pandemic as a doctor. Um, there's only one side to this. No one has a hot take. Don't have a hot take. This is not one you need to have a hot take on. Skip Bayless. Sit down. This one's fine. Uh, but it does create a little bit of a, of a void there for the, for the Chiefs at guard, which they ultimately ended up filling. Um, but were either of you guys surprised whenever you saw the news? Because I'll, I'll tell you this, and then I'll get out of the way. I was surprised when I saw Laurent Duvernay Tardif opts out of 2020 NFL season. And then upon seeing the logic, I was immediately unsurprised. Mm. But I was at first because it, it hadn't really crossed my mind. Right. And I, and I think, and, and, and Seth knows this too, like we all talked about him restructuring his deal to stay with the team. So he had every intention, yeah. if, you know, this pandemic had gone a little differently, of being um, of being on the team, of, of, of being a part of the run it back campaign. But, you know, he's really smart. He understands the the significance of everything going on. And so, yeah, if he's not, he's he just doesn't want to expose himself playing football when the more valuable honorable you know common sense thing to do is to continue what he's been doing which is really caring for people uh, of an older age and trying to maintain their level of health along with not getting it himself and trying to be part of these people that um would are really the heroes of 2020 like there is no person of the year it's just 
the people who are trying their best to not only educate us, but also keep us healthy. And so it makes a ton of sense. Um, I know for, for, for me, Seth, a lot of it was like, okay, once I understand this, what does that mean? Who's next man up as weird as that sounds in a COVID year, but like (laughs) who's the next man up. Mm -hmm. And I'm struggling to really know who that is, which is why training camp as a whole is going to be fascinating. But this is just another this is another element, another subplot to how the season's going to start. And and I'm I'm interested to know, like, who you think that person's going to be at at right guard, because I honestly don't know. I think it's probably going to be Andrew Wiley at right guard, Uh, maybe Rankin. Um, but I'm guessing Wiley, he's played well at right guard in the past. He didn't play as well at left guard last year. And then I think uh, uh, Asameli, who is going to, I think he's going to slide in at left guard, which I know we'll talk about that signing shortly thereafter. Um, with regards to LDT, uh, Josh, like you said, you and I talked about it a lot. I was surprised. Um, but, you know, when he gave his reasoning, I mean, it makes sense. It's the equivalent of, I mean, I don't I, I don't know how I would, you know, a, correlated to my profession but it's very much like you know you feel like you can do more good doing something else during a time where that good needs doing and so he feels obligated to do it and I respect that I think that's a I think that's a cool thing and so um I immediately then you know like you said you move on to next man up then you kind of kind of feel weird about that but you're like well I mean it is what it is it's you know, they, it really, um, and Nate, Josh and I talked about this on 810 last night, where it was kind of a reminder to me that the way players view this is that it is a job. And he was very much like, if I'm going to be out in the community working, I'm going to do this job, not that job. And it, it was just a reminder, like they view this as a profession and which it is. And it was that that was kind of a little corollary subplot of that to me is like, I forgot how much football players view this as a job as more so than just a game. Yeah, it's very true, yeah. and it's it's a job with even greater risk than normal, and it's a very risky job to begin with. So, yeah, the more you, the more we unravel, and the more we sort of see how the season's going to unveil itself. Man, a lot of dudes are at risk of contracting the virus, and of at risk already with hurting their bodies in the long term. So, um, if you have the ability, if you have something else to do to better serve the community and has a bigger impact than you may think playing football for a year, then albeit um, you have that right, you have that freedom, and I think people should try to respect it as much as possible because we're all in unusual situations and circumstances at the moment. Yeah, and the, the only one other, th- other thing I would, I would want to clarify is this is he he's not just leaving a year of his NFL career and also then, by the way, like he'll come back next year with his contract. It just kind of gets bumped a year, basically. It's paused, essentially. Um, like you guys mentioned, restructured to, to be here this year. It's going to move the next year. But uh, there's no, like, there, there are loans, essentially, being given out from the NFL to players who are opting out. Um, at least for the volunt, the ones that are like not like quote unquote excused. I'm not actually sure if the larger numbers are. Um, but but LDT is not. No one no one is opting out and then and then getting their payday at home. And so in this instance, LDT is is giving up a spot on the roster that might not really be his, at least not by default. He won't be the incumbent next year, and he's missing out on his salary for this season. Like it it, it is. In no way is this the easier thing to do. It's that, That's the one thing that I just would want to make sure that everyone kind of understands. 
But like you guys mentioned, it is weird, but we're in a next man up spot. And uh, and Seth, you've taken a look at Kelechi Osimile. You can see a bunch of this up on Seth's Twitter right now at Real MN Chiefs fan. Uh, you went through his last three games of last year. What did you see whenever you you looked at Kelechi Osimile, who they signed to a one-year deal, can be worth up to $2 million? Um, you know, you say you, you think he's going to step in at left guard where he's more familiar and they'll figure it out, right? Osimile, not Osimile. My God, I'm having a bad day with and you know what? Never mind. Um, so um, I, I picture him sliding into left guard. Um, like you said, I, I reviewed and charted every single uh, snap he took of the 2019 season. Wanted to see his most recent body of work. Also kind of see, you know, where he was at. Maybe while he might have been struggling with injury a little bit. Um, so I charted all that and wins, losses. Um, and like like Josh said, you can find that on my Twitter feed, some of the stuff from that. And it, uh, I was impressed. Um, I was surprised in a league that lacks competent offensive line play <laughs> that he was on the street. Like, because there are a lot of teams yeah. that have some guys in there that struggle. And so I, I was surprised he's got some power. He can climb to the next level a little bit, though he's not particularly quick uh, laterally. So he's a bit of an unusual guy for Andy Reid's offense in that regard. But I think, uh, honestly, I think he played better in those three. Well, I know... If you, based on the charting, he played better in those three games last year than any guard did for the Chiefs. Now, again, small sample size alert, right? Last season, mm-hmm. it was, with besides maybe Stefan Wisniewski. And so I think this he's got a good opportunity to maybe try to be this year's Stefan Wisniewski, which on a side note, you kind of see these similar things being done by Brett Veach now with some of these veterans guy, veteran guys like uh, Seals Jones mm-hmm. or uh, Taco Charlton. Mm-hmm. You're seeing the chance to be, okay, this year's Emmanuel Agba. This year's, the, you know what I mean? Yep. Like try to try to get those. Yeah. And that's where people, everyone talks about, well, now that you've paid Patrick Mahomes and Chris Jones and a million other guys, where are you going to come up with the money? This is where you save the money. Smart. If it works out the way yeah. I think it could. Smart veteran free agents that come in a little bit cheap that the rest of the league is too conservative to take a risk on. And you mentioned that, like you said, he's, you know, he's a a, a pounder. He's a, a road grader, whatever. And, and that's a little bit unusual for the Chiefs. Do you think that that is something that, that is because of the pool of available players? Do you think that's Andy Reid changing a little bit? And do you think that's going, do, do, does that worry you uh, in how he might fit into the offense and into the scheme as a whole? Sure. It doesn't worry me necessarily in that based on what I saw with what he did last year, he's capable of doing all the things that he's asked to do at the left guard spot. Um, I think it's more a matter. I think they knew LDT was going and they said, Ooh, we're looking pretty thin. Um, who's the best guard that we, that that's available. And they grabbed him. And I think they, you know, I don't think they would have grabbed him if he was a statue, but he's physically <laughs> capable of doing the, you know, that would have been bad, you know, this, but he, he's physically capable of doing the things that they ask of him. And I also do think it could be interesting um, with the addition of Clyde Edwards Alaire, who is an excellent um, zone gap runner, as well as in more of a power scheme. Maybe they'll try a little more pile pushing stuff on the left side there. Um, so that'll be, it'll be interesting to see how it works out. Nate, what did you think when you saw that and, and that it took less than 24 hours for them to have LDT opt out and then to have a new guy step yeah, in? Yeah, well, it, it, like sort of Seth mentioned, it, it had to be clear amongst the Chiefs that these conversations with Laurent were going on, I would say, even two to three weeks out just because uh, he was also, you know, Laurent was also part of the NFL Players Association's task force to try to see what were the best practices in terms of, you know, 
trying to keep everybody safe if a season's going to get played. Um, so if the Chiefs knew where he was thinking based on that information, then yes, they sort of had some feelers out based on my understanding, and they made the call. Um, and, and so it, it makes sense. I think they have real flexibility because, you know, two guys we haven't mentioned so far are Mike Rimmers, who appears to be more in the swing tackle department Mm -hmm. in case something goes wrong with either Mitchell Schwartz or Eric Fishers. And then um, you would never do this, particularly in this year, but I'm still very high and very intrigued to see, again, if we have football, where Lucas Niang uh, fits into all of this. Mm. Could he be a guy that maybe plays midway through the year once he gets you know some practice reps, once he understands the offense? Um, if somebody were to go down, it wouldn't surprise me if Brett Veach and Eddie Reed just said, "Hey, let's just throw you know the rookie in there and just let's see what we have on real tape, and then we can go from there with his with his development slash career." So, I mean, they have real flexibility. Um, it's just can they have continuity once you start the year right if the season does start on september 10th like we all hope you know the offensive line is obviously important to the offense and to keeping patrick mahomes upright but you're going to need chemistry and sustainability throughout the course of that year even if you know injuries are going to play a role or unfortunately as i have to tell myself all the time there may be more uh, covid positive test absences than real ankle injuries. And that is, again, both wild, but it's something you got to consider. So getting as many offensive linemen, as many defensive linemen as you can on your roster, that is going to be really important as we try to get from, you know, whatever this 90 to 80 man roster is down to whatever the 60 guys you're going to have for the full season. And I wonder if that also played a part in, again, the news from last night, the Chiefs signed former Seattle Seahawks safety Tedrick Thompson um, they, they bring him in. He seems like he's a, like a, a deep safety guy that, that had, had some struggles in Seattle. Um, I think a, a mutual Twitter friend of all of us, Chief Bearcat on Twitter, talked about really liking him coming out of college and that just never really worked in Seattle. If you tell me that you can give someone with really great tools but poor professional production to Steve Spagnuolo at a position of general need, I'm never going to be against that. Um, but Seth, did you have a chance to, to even get kind of the, uh, the quickest knee-jerk scouting report on that and, and, and what you think about even the position group as it currently stands? Um, our... Ben Baldwin, a Seahawks analyst, um, who's done some. Oh great no, work I didn't see this. Oh no, he oh, no. he he retweeted me and asked uh, Seattle fans to give me some thoughts, and I've mm. got to tell you, it's less than encouraging. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh boy, uh, let me. Um, if it ain't a video of burnt toast, nah, we good. Put Tedrick here in blue on a loop, and it's a gif of a child failing to tackle a, a, a tackling dummy. Um, Yikes! <laughs> Kedrick, Tedrick giving up a first half TD to Ross comes to mind. Yuck! Tedrick's strengths: picking off tip passes. Tedrick's weaknesses: football. A gif of Stanley <laughs> from the office oh, no! laughing. So, oh man, someone made a couple of video clips of him. Oh no, those are not good ball skills. You remember, um, you remember when the Ravens won the Super Bowl and Joe Flacco threw the ball over the head of Raheem Moore because Moore decided to jump like three seconds too early. You guys remember that play by any chance in the AFC mm-hmm. Championship? Yeah, he's got a couple of those here. So, and look, 
system does mm. matter, although a lot mm-hmm. of secondary players have succeeded in Seattle. So yeah, um, that's true. It's they, not, he's not. This isn't. This isn't leaving the Jets after a fight with ownership, which was like uh, no simile thing. Yeah, correct. So I mean, yeah. we'll see. It looks like he struggles with ball skills a little bit, which at a free safety position, and this is based on a very small sample size of a few selected plays. But uh, Seattle fans, I don't want to use the phrase rejoicing, um, lightly, but they seem pretty happy that he's not in Seattle. So that's that's all the takes I have so far. Nate, can you make me feel better <laughs> than that? He, he he has physical tools, and they're just gonna have to coach him up, as they say in the building. Just go <laughs> go coach him up. Uh, I, I assume this is yeah. this is somewhat again kind of COVID insurance, and also you know you don't want to push um Juan Thornhill back again another guy that like you Absolutely. can put a star by and say what is his training camp gonna look like uh because you know we just haven't seen him since you know the end of the regular season so if if you want to bring Juan in you know slowly and cautiously which is probably wise and you know you have you know Tyron Matthew Daniel Sorensen to be your starters there's Armani Watts to play uh, backup and special teams. There's really nobody else back there um, that has really any familiarity with the Chiefs coaching staff at Steve Spagnuolo. So this appears to be a case where here we go in terms of having some relative um, security because hey, he has played NFL football, albeit as Seth said, not with the greatest set of ball skills. But hey, if you tackle somebody and preventing them from scoring a touchdown. There's kind yeah. of a positive in that. Big deal. Absolutely. Uh, Seth, you also wrote about uh, Andy Reid a little bit, the air read offense up on the athletic right now. I don't know if you want to give everybody just at least a little taste of that, a crash course. We have a very spe- a very special second half of the show today. Um, but I-, I do want to at least give you a-, a chance to sell that and kind of maybe some of your favorite takeaways of looking at what Andy Reid has Mike done Vick. with uh, Mike with Vick. Different players. Yeah. <laughs> Mike Vick. So... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Basically, I mean, among the things that Andy Reid has done is he's turned Mike Vick into a really efficient pocket passer. Like, that's a thing yeah. that happened. It like, happened. It happened. It, it did happen. And so, basically, I wrote about Andy Reid having the, probably the best modern resume for any coach in terms of head coach with quarterbacks. Because I didn't want to get into, you know, coordinator, QB coach with, like, work with Favre and all that stuff. But it, when you look... He's had four quarterbacks over the course of his career that have been like his guy, like his starter, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That's been Donovan McNabb, Mike Vick, Alex Smith, and Patrick Mahomes. Every one of them has gone to a Pro Bowl. Two of them have gone to all pros. The Of the guys that went elsewhere, which is McNabb, but that was at the end of his career, mind you. And then Mike Vick and Alex Smith played elsewhere in their prime. Their best years under Andy Reid. Um, his quarterback has made a pro bowl, um, over 50% of the time that he's coached. And that's with four different quarterbacks, mind you. Um, he just, he's unbelievable. And so I just kind of wrote about it. I mean, his resume is just crazy when you really look at how good he's been getting the most out of his quarterbacks. And that doesn't even, and I wrote about this too. When you look at, you know, the production he's been able to get from guys like Matt Moore last year, who came in, played at a competent level. He's done that consistently with backups. And so it was just kind of a celebration to read and then looking at some of the things that he's done in terms of making life as easy on his quarterbacks as possible. Now, let me just get one thing out of the way. None of that should be taken to mean that Mahomes isn't different and special. He is both different and special. 
but it is a, a nod to the work Andy Reid's done with him and every other quarterback, and basically a long-winded way of saying Andy Reid, if he retired tomorrow, is a Hall of Famer and should be considered one of the best coaches in history. Um, yeah, and so if you want to check that out, again, you should be subscribed by this point, but if you're not, uh, theathletic.com slash timesours, 40% off your first year, that's just sitting there for you. A little a little journey down how good Andy Reid is and has always been and always will be forever and ever, amen, just sitting there for you um, from uh, from Seth. Nate, one more thing that I feel like we need to talk about before we move on to uh, our super secret and fun part two of today's show is all of the not fun stuff that's <laughs> happened around sports uh, it does seem like as of right now, as we're recording this, that baseball really has one outbreak within the Marlins organization, yes. and that it didn't necessarily nuke anybody else. Um, obviously, though, their games have been postponed. There were other games postponed while tests came through, some stuff being rescheduled and all of that. And uh, the Vikings head trainer and head COVID official tested positive for coronavirus. We even got a little bit of a peek um, from the Chiefs in a Twitter video earlier today, like plexiglass in the locker yep. room. Rick Burkholder talked on Saturday, and he kind of laid out like a lot of the work they've done. And I got to say, like, I don't know him personally, but Rick Burkholder seems like he has his bleep together. And uh, he also explained it yeah. well. Like I, like I felt like I was tracking stuff well. Uh, and so he found like a really good little story about Andy Reid, a good line saying he'd take a bullet for two men in this world. One is his father and one is for Andy Reid. Just excellent. Just just great work. Uh, but but with all of that, we still we certainly still have a, a lot of stuff up in the air in, in the covid world, it seems. It really is. And so, I you know, much like you mentioned, I would encourage uh, fans and our listeners, because uh, probably by the time this is out, uh, you can probably go to the Chiefs YouTube page, which they're going to show uh, as best they can some of the parameters and the procedures that they've put in place. Um, you know, these practices mm-hmm. for the first time in really the history of Arrowhead Stadium are going to occur in the stadium during training camp. I mean, they, they need to use every field, both yeah. practice and in the stadium as possible. Uh, there's been discussions before about, you know, keeping certain units separated. So the defense may be on one side of the field with the offense on the other. They're going to use both the visitor locker room, their locker room, and the practice uh, facility locker room. So there's a lot of moving parts in all of this, and you've got to keep track of everybody. And so the contact tracing is going to be really interesting to see. Um, I know fans are also wondering, when am I going to see real football or something remotely similar to it? For me, mm-hmm. I've been told by the organization that while I am privileged to cover this team and I'm trying to do my best in an independent manner uh, to give the news as best possible, I may not see football myself until mid-August because there's so much of a ramp-up period. There's so much of meetings, training, training. Obviously, testing every day for at least the next week and a half, I assume, before we get the results of those tests and then how the league and its players association will go on from there. Um, There will be some level of uh, football activity. But I think as we normalize, you know, what we've been accustomed to, I was told it's going to be somewhere in mid-August where I will see actual 22 guys on the field doing something in coordination that looks eerily similar to football. So the question then becomes, where do we go from mid-August, which we hope is the case, through September 10th when the Chiefs are scheduled to host the Houston Texans to start this NFL season? That's what I'm going to try to inform you guys with as best we can. Obviously, we're probably going to have podcasts from here for the duration of the season. 
as long as there is a season to uh, <laughs> to observe and chronicle. But the best thing I can yeah. tell everybody right now is everybody's testing. So far, the Chiefs have been one of the better teams in terms of testing, how they conducted the results of which so far. And we'll just see how much these guys can be disciplined both at the facility and at home. And if anybody else will opt out of the season, they have a couple days um, based on the league sort of situation. You have up until August 1st to opt out. Laurent is the only chief so far, um, but there may be a couple guys as well, just because there are families with young children involved and there's still some instability as to where the season's going to go once we really, really get started sometime in August. So that's the best update I can give you. I don't know when I'm going to see football, but we're going to try our best here at The Athletic to keep you informed as this fluid situation moves on. Yeah, it's going to be very strange. It's going to be very different, but like Nate said, uh, we'll we'll keep churning these out, and we'll keep bringing you all the content through The Athletic. And uh, again, I'll mention for the 90, min- the 90 millionth time, if you're theathletic.com slash times ours for 40% off your annual subscription, we're going to find a way to cover what's happening in a way that you're probably not going to get most places. It's going to get harder and harder to cover uh, some of these things as we are kind of figuring out where exactly everything's coming out of and everything like that. Um, so we'll keep working on that. Um, Nate, the one the one other thing that I guess I'm sort of curious about that I've seen come up a lot is is this idea that the Chiefs with so much consistency in this offseason, like they didn't lose uh, Eric Bieniemy right. or you know Steve Spagnuolo or just about any players. Chris Jones obviously now fully locked in. They they they've, they lost Stefan Wisniewski and LDT, which are both guards, which is both kind of interesting. But you know they kind of get back uh, Juan Thornhill from their Super Bowl roster. They lose Kendall Fuller, but they they either basically either held serve or upgraded in in, in just about every spot over the course of this offseason. Do do you think that all of that consistency? really does benefit them as opposed to what most teams are dealing with right now? I think so. Um, it, again, it's going to, I'll have a better idea of what I see like in real practice, but I, I think, I think so. Yeah. I yeah. think you're on the right path, Josh, just because I'm telling y'all, uh, and I've heard some other people say this and I tend to agree with them. And I know agents are concerned for two reasons. One, can my do stay healthy and get through the season because of a global pandemic? And mm-hmm. secondly, we have no preseason games, y'all. <laughs> we have yeah. no preseason games. It is Zero. it is wild out here. So the first month of this NFL season, again, if we have it, could be dog you know what, okay? So <laughs> if that is the case, it benefits teams with more continuity who are having their stars in their prime and a good coaching staff. The Chiefs check all three boxes. So if the Houston Texans come out here because Houston itself is under a global pandemic, if they come out here looking like trash, it might not be because of Bill O'Brien. And I know that sounds weird coming from me, y'all, <laughs> but it might be true. They might be hot garbage just because it's hard to play football at a high level when you ain't got no preseason games. Practices are really weird for, you know, the first time and God knows how when. And, oh my God, we're playing the Chiefs and they seem to know their stuff way better than half the league. So, look, I, yeah. I know Sundays, we want our Sundays. Lord, please let us have some version of a Sunday football season because it ain't looking good on Saturdays, kids. But if we could have Sunday, oh. just know... Enjoy your beers. Enjoy your ability to socially distance and grill. Y'all probably ain't going to be in the stadium, but there's going to be a lot of awful football before we get to, like, October. Just because <laughs> we ain't got no preseason games. 
Who's timing these routes? Who's throwing the football? Does the yeah. quarterback have a clock in his hand? I don't know. We ain't been doing that for months. Will the defensive lineman be great? Will the offensive lineman be great? Will all of them be both trash? Totally possible. Nobody's tackled anybody <laughs> in months. You're not even going to have, like, full-on yeah. tackling practices for months. So, like, it could be dog crap, and that could help the Chiefs. In a weird, strange way, all of these things could be true. So, just I just want to let people know. It's not all Bill Bryant's fault. It's not Bill O'Brien's fault. It ain't all on Blake, and it ain't all on Bill, okay? They make me terrible <laughs> because of other circumstances. Oh, I hope we get our Sundays. Oh, man. I don't want to think about I don't want to think about it anymore. Uh, and also, it will still be partially because of Bill O'Brien. I don't want to get too far out of character. Here. <laughs> this, this show stands for something, Nate. And it will, you know what would have been better? Having having uh, DeAndre Hopkins. That would have made that you better, even yes. in a pandemic. That hey, would have helped. Hey, hey, at least, you know, Coach, at least Deshaun would know where DeAndre would be. <laughs> right, that's right. That's right. So it's still his fault in some, in some regard. Uh, listen, here's what we got for you today. We got two very important messages to, to bring to you. One is that, listen, folks. You hear the ads we do on this show. You're a regular listener. You don't miss an episode, and we appreciate you for that. I know you're a huge fan, I know, and I know also that you believe that, you know, in your personal rankings, I'm your favorite, Nate's your second favorite, Seth's your third. I totally get it. Really, Danielle is up there at the top, but that. But th- the most important thing is that Seth is in last, and you believe that in your heart of hearts, and I appreciate you being that kind of honest with me, dear listener. But you hear the ads that we do on this show, right? Maybe you're a, maybe you're a, a, a business owner. Maybe you're trying to, to bring some eyes to whatever your thing may be. Maybe it's digital. Maybe it's brick and mortar. Maybe you're trying to get people to check out your website and buy some stuff. Maybe you're just trying to, to expand your brand in some regard. Well, if you would like the kind of endorsements that this show gives out, here's what you can do. You go to theathletic.com slash podcast ads, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-A-D-S, and you can advertise on Times R's. We know that everything right now is totally bonkers, and if you're trying to reach a new audience and you want to come through this show, obviously this show is is based right here in Kansas City. The listeners are based here in Kansas City. And again, if you're going, if you're saying, hey, check out this website or whatever, that can go all the way around the world. That can get to Seth in Minnesota. But whatever it is, if, if you're looking for a way to, to bring new people to your business, have them come to your favorite podcast. If it's your second favorite podcast, have them come to your second favorite podcast. I get it. I, I'm okay with that. I'll take number two. Uh, go to theathletic.com slash podcast ads. If you're looking for the best endorsements your company's ever going to get, by which I use to talk about Roman. Woo! Here's the thing. Let's go. I talk, you know, you know who I talked to last week, Nate Taylor? I talked to Nikki Lopez, the Royal second baseman. And this man said twice. That he's out here trying to handle his business. That's right. And I don't, I don't know that he's a regular listener to Times R's. I, I can't rule it out. I bet he's subscribed to The Athletic because he seems like a smart, talented mm-hmm. man. But whenever he says, it's time to handle our business. Here's, here's what Roman has gotten out of, these, out of these ads we've done for them. Anytime anyone anywhere says the phrase, handle your business. They get a free subconscious advertisement in the mind of whoever listens to this show. Roman has taken, handle, yo, business, a three-word phrase and has made it their de facto tagline. And it's just something that people say around the world. You can have that also. And Roman has that because of Times Ours. Here's the deal. 
There's certain times you don't want to have to go to the doctor's office to get help for medical condition. I understand. I need to go to the dentist, and I still haven't set up an appointment. My mom is upset with me. <laughs> if you're dealing with a condition like ED, you want treatment ASAP, and maybe you don't want to go to the doctor's office right now. I totally understand. That's why our very good friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor licensed in your state, all from the comfort of your home. Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment that you need on your schedule. Grab your phone, go to your computer, and complete a free online visit. And you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. And if the doctor decides the treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping. You also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you have any questions or want to adjust your treatment plan with Roman. There are no commitments and you can cancel any time. And if you say, well, there's no commitments, I can cancel any time. I'm struggling with ED. I could go to GetRoman.com slash time. GetRoman.com slash time for free online visit and free two-day shipping. Nate, why wouldn't you do that? I don't know. But I'm just saying. I don't know. Ladies and gentlemen. I don't get it. I mean, come on. Ladies and gentlemen. We thought we would be outside doing our thing a little bit more freely than we are right now. But you can still have us help you handle your business along with Roman, who's going to get you in the end zone. This is all we do. Talk to this him. is all we do. Six points. All we do is win. All we do is get in that end zone. Okay. Now, all this means is that you just got to do what you've been doing on Amazon. Do what you've been doing with your grocery mm-hmm. shopping. Get that contact mm-hmm. list delivery. Like, no contact. Mm-hmm. But hey, if you got another problem and it is of great concern... And we obviously want you to live your healthiest, best life, even in the midst of a global pandemic. Let us and Roman Gotta help you get in that end zone. Handle your business. You're looking, you're looking for contactless delivery in so many elements of your life right now. In one element of your life, you want the contactless delivery so you can have a little bit of that contact delivery later on. If you know what I'm saying, Roman.com slash time. Contact delivery. Not from them, but you get it. We have to be at least... I don't know who's listening. There might be a kid listening to this show that doesn't understand it yet. That's fine. Talk to your parents. That's GetRoman.com slash time for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. GetRoman.com slash time. As if this podcast wasn't talented and handsome enough, just just with the three of us. Just just the three of us have been doing this podcast, I would say, just fine on our own. But uh, I got outvoted. It was a two-to-one vote today to bring Alec Lewis of The Athletic in today to talk about the first time any of the three of us have ever cared about baseball. Hey, Alec. Hey, Josh. Uh, thanks for having me. I've been waiting for this invitation <laughs> for months now uh, to get it on such a beautiful I think it's Wednesday morning. I don't know the baseball season's in full swing, but um, it's it's yeah, it good matter. to be here. Yeah, and you would have you would have uh, stayed waiting if it was up to me. But again, you know it's a democracy sometimes, and uh, my my uh, objections got got voted down. But what what we have for you today is this opportunity. You've gotten a bite of the uh, of the the Patrick Mahomes magic apple at this point. Welcome into the Patrick Mahomes fuels our fire family. Yeah, it was very. Uh, I mean, I've been waiting for this moment um, all my life to. to uh, get. <laughs> To keep keep with the theme, but um, no, it's been it, it was interesting. I told you this, uh, Josh. I told you this last night or whatever it was. Literally and, last night, and, we talked like seven minutes ago, <laughs> and I was like, "Look, I, 
I woke up on the morning after a game. It's his third game of the season, fourth game of the season. I'm, I'm, you know, you do like the the usual Zoom interviews with Mike Matheny, and then I got a text, and it was like, "Hey, uh, just check your email." And I checked it, and I saw that <laughs> Patrick Mahomes joined ownership with the Royals, and I really didn't know. I, I was I was sitting in my room, which is where I've been doing a lot of work, which isn't optimal. But I like didn't. I was like, "What do I do with my hand?" Like I don't really. It was. It was. Uh, it was an interesting, uh, an interesting press release to get, to say the least. But it was. It, it was. It was fun to to see it. It was fun to uh, work with Nate um, on a story that we did. So it was a good. It was a good day. I didn't expect it. I thought I was gonna get to watch a bullpen seven pitcher game, and that was gonna be it. But uh, <laughs> we got the the uh, one of the best athletes in the world, if not the. Uh, and if you if you don't know somehow if you're just here strictly for football, Alec covers the Royals for the Athletic. You can follow him on Twitter at Alec underscore Lewis. And again, like it, all of his work that he does covering the Royals through the Athletic is great. He does occasionally latch on the details that then distract me through an entire story, like how Mike Matheny fixed a chair with a spray on sunscreen. That's something he's written about. That like if you haven't read, you're very confused right now, and it's it's excellent. It's very very good. Um, but like that's that's the reason for the crossover episode here. Obviously, uh, Patrick Mahomes buys a share of the Royals, and Nate, you guys both wrote about it. Um, what were you looking for whenever? What and also, what did you think as that was breaking, Nate? And then once that process got started for the two of you, oh, I was just having a lovely time on my first day back from vacation. So uh, thank you all for <laughs> not having any news of any kind occur on vacation. That that was just swell. Um, it, was my first, it was the first day back from vacation, and it was just like, okay, what am I doing? Like, I, I've said this a couple of times. It's like, do I write about football? Do I write about coronavirus? Do I write about football? Do I write about coronavirus? It feels like um, one side is heavily in the, in, in the favor right now. So... Um, as I've said a hundred times before, anything with Patrick Mahomes just exceeds expectations. Even when there are no expectations to have in in front of you. It's just like, oh, he can buy a percentage of the Royals? (laughs) Didn't know that was possible, but it exceeds expectations, (laughs) and that's Patrick Mahomes. I'm I'm just a little disappointed that he didn't become part of the rotation. I that that oh Honestly, don't think that's not gonna happen, Seth. Don't yeah, think it's gonna be 2023. Football, guys. This is this is how it starts. I'm just gonna express my this fear. is where it is. This yeah. is where it starts. He's gonna win two more Super Bowls in a row. He's gonna win MVP. He's gonna win all things, and he's gonna have a press conference saying, "I have beaten football and retire." And, <laughs> and then he's gonna beat baseball. And I just don't. I just I'm scared, guys. Honestly, to I mean, the Royals have two two set starters right now and I'm not going to get in the weeds on that because no one no one has much interest but I was looking at that press release like okay is there a little guaranteed mechanism for a potential option I mean I was I was like Look, they need an arm. They need many arms. Yeah. <laughs> I get the move and I get the time and and, and we'll get into the I mean the, the the overarching meaning of this but I mean the Royals need arms. They do. And there's a guy who has one. <laughs> can how quickly can he get in this car and drive to Detroit? How? How quickly? Right. <laughs> 
I don't remember who. Somebody suggested on Twitter, though, that, that he just build a home just perfectly equidistant between Arrowhead and Kaufman. That just, he, there's just a big house just right between the two, just with like a 40-foot wall around it. Somebody else suggested that once, once he personally, single-handedly moves Kaufman downtown, I think he just picks it up and carries it down there, then that becomes uh, the Kaufman space right now becomes the new Patrick Mahomes mansion. Then he just lives in a castle right there. I think that, that that makes sense. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And I think, I mean, he could just on, on the side closest to Arrowhead, you can have your your jersey, your uniform, that stuff. On the other side closest to, to Kaufman, <laughs> you have a suit that you just get ready, your yes. ownership mode. And that's that's how it's going to go. Yes. And I just think you, you have two doors on each side. It, I mean, be beautiful, frankly. I mean, honestly, the, the best part of this is like, can we get a souped up version of 2021 Madden MLB the show where you're just Patrick Mahomes going back and forth between the <laughs> equilibrium of video games where it's like, you know, <laughs> like Madden came out with a like, you know, face of the franchise mode. And obviously like you're Patrick right. Mahomes and you're throwing, you know, no look touchdown passes in the Super Bowl. And then when you're done with that game, you obviously save it or auto saves if you're playing on PlayStation. And then it just seamlessly shows you right over to franchise mode of MLB the show where you're like part owner of the Kansas City Royals and you say I want this guy versus that guy in the draft. I mean, who who's to say this can't happen? Who's to say EA Sports PlayStation 4 slash 5 like make this happen? Can I just go back through like I don't even need two disc all on one no. disc. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's it, you are inventing Patrick Mahomes the game at this point. <laughs> yeah. Press select and go from my player to my club. Yes. It's like it's, yes. it's 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 something like truthfully, and 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 I say this knowing that in the time in which we live, it, like ha- the unexpected is just not a thing anymore because it just it's it is it is you can't expect anything. But like this would have been beyond anything I could have ever thought of, and of course it happens because that's. The situation. I very much like the idea of like you have to you you sign the contract and you have to like balance his finances and you're like all right how much of the Royals do I buy how far are we away from being able to get a group of investors together to come bring an NBA team to Kansas City can I do that and also play football where's my time meter how full is that right now <laughs> I've won another Super Bowl and also uh, I'm running for mayor and Quentin Lucas is out of here because that <laughs> weirdly even Quentin Lucas voted for Mahomes it was unanimous I don't know dude it was wild that, that's that's yeah. the DLC a few years down the road right and, and let's not forget he has two dogs to take care of he has a longtime <laughs> girlfriend that I assume will eventually become fiance who I eventually will become wife who I will eventually bear said children I mean um, he's, I'm not I'm not hold on just real, just real quick, just, real quick just 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 <laughs> Yeah, just hey, yeah, just 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 to make my position clear here, I'm not putting that pressure on him. That's you guys. I'm just guys saying, well, I'm still want. a licensed minister he's, he's, for another few months, and so hey, let's let's set something up. You want me? You want me to get a get a meeting on this uh, full calendar? I'm just saying, if you if Pat, you know the good. next hey, next Pat, press conference, fine, Pat, be like, if you don't want to, you know, Patrick, are you aware that uh, that uh, Minnesota Chiefs fan Seth Kaiser is a licensed minister? He he asked me to let you and you and Brittany know that. Did you know that? You know, just throw it out 
there casually. Uh, the 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 thing here is that he mentioned. You know what you I know, just realized? Children this show. When he's... No, <laughs> I'm sorry. Ahead. Go ahead. No, no, well, no. Go did, ahead. Oh he did mention in future in signing. Um, you know, the largest contract in. in pro sports history um uh-huh. he did mention that you know he was going to take care of his future children and and i i just i just believe that you know based i just i have to i have to believe patrick mahomes's word because um he's made no missteps in any of this. quite true but go ahead josh I, well just what, what dawned on me is just that i could feel that eventually i was going to start getting seth's heat and then i remembered alec is here now and now seth can bully alec about his relationship in whatever form that needs to alec, be when are you gonna i just gonna don't settle have to down be... and have some kids man <laughs> I just, you know, oh, I'm just my concerned. goodness. I'm going to go back to looking at the whiff rates of the Royals batting order. If these are the questions. Come on. Now. Come on. This is my life, Alec. This is my entire professional life. It's just Seth asking me that over and over again. Just, that's truthfully just, why anyway. I am. That's, that's truthfully why this is my, that my Times R's debut. I've spent the months preparing for <laughs> the questions that can, that that sure. I knew, of course, would arise. So this is, um, yes. I know, like obviously at the beginning we we, we got to ease into it, but I'm glad at this point in in time in the conversation I can truthfully unveil the reasoning at which it has taken so long for my voice <laughs> to enter this space. I just, I'm just saying. I mean, these, these are get all these your important questions. I, uh, I, hey, how come we're not Facebook? These friends? are the what's important go- questions. What's going on here? This is, yeah. <laughs> I just want you to be happy, Alec. That's all. I really appreciate. I mean, the, the <laughs> I mean, I, I did not also think this morning. I, I mean, Fallout Boy was the start, and and now we're at this point <laughs> at which I am, I am in, and it feels like I am. I've taken a trip to, um, I don't know, it's a, the therapeutic element to my day that I just did not sure. foresee. So, sure, um, I'm, yeah. I really appreciate it. It is wor- it is worth noting just kind of just so you know where Seth's at. Seth says he just wants you to be happy, and that's partially true. Seth wants you to be happy in a way that would make him happy. That's kind of. I j- that's the it's more not, sort of straight Josh, line. Josh, it's not that I am arrogant. It's that I just know what's best for you. And that's right. Exactly <laughs> what'll make you happy. That's all. You 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 sound like you sound like a coach. <laughs> <laughs> now, now if you're wondering, folks, I just want to make it clear that this is the first in Times R's history where we have a five-person lineup, okay? We are out here in the NBA bubble cooking right now. And if Danielle does not speak, um, she's just sta- she's just sitting in the corner waiting for that three ball. Just waiting. So, look. Just don't put me at center. I'm 5'2". It won't be much help. <laughs> Like the, like the Draymond Green of centers. Yeah, you could pull up. Charles Barkley was 6'4". What is his name, Seth? He was Seth? a great rebounder. You got this. Yeah, What's his yeah. name, Seth? That that guy <laughs> that plays for the Warriors? Oh, I'm afraid. What did you say his name? Draymond Green. Yeah, it's Green. You get Green. Draymond. Draymond huh. Green. Okay. That's, oh, no. Did I say something that's stupid? A, that's a way you... No, I just... You could, you could pronounce it Draymond. That's, I guess that's a way to How's it pronounced? read the word Draymond, but that's fine. It's Draymond Green. Draymond. Draymond. Are we Draymond, making fun of my accent Draymond, again? Because Draymond we have just... I guess. Draymond? Everybody loves Draymond. <laughs> <laughs> yep. See, that felt very supportive. Thank you, Dan. <laughs> 
So, Alec, um, I know we signed you for the NBA slash MLB slash NFL bubble version of this. Um, welcome to the club, man. This is this is this is how we get down. It's honestly, I mean, I, I, I it's it's an honor. Um, it, I mean, I can tell from the situation that. There's no need to quarantine in this type of element. I mean, you just no. go jump right in. There is no – this bubble is not too strict. So it's all right. I understand. People are getting wings left and right This is like this a bubble. Michael Porter Jr. bubble that we have. <laughs> Michael Porter Jr. Uh, what did Seth say? I said people are getting wings left Kids, and right Kids, don't be Michael yeah. Porter Jr. <laughs> I run a very tight ship here. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a gaming ship. <laughs> oh, boy. I, well, I always like welcoming other people here. What's what's fun is at least like when people sometimes just get horrified and that's not happening here, which is nice, Alec. Well done you. I personally think, you know, I kind of blame Josh the fact you haven't been here sooner. And I apologize on behalf of Josh. Well, I also think uh, it, that's acceptable. You say that in tandem, but the reason of my non-horrification is also because of the time I've spent with Josh on the radio. So yeah, it, that's it is a, that's right. right. I mean, so I, that's, I, I, that's why I just, I'm, I'm in my element. I, I, I mean, this is, this is I'm also non horrification. Right I like that. <laughs> is that a word? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> if it's not, it should be. I agree. hundred uh, percent. I try to fit that in the story for, on, on statistical analysis later. You, you, yeah, you're gonna have a very hard time though finding a royal story to not have horrification within, uh, because it's been you know not ideal. I would argue. Uh, I I look. I am cool if just if Alec that was and an alley oop on our bubble team. It really, it really was. I uh, Alec and Nate. I would be perfectly okay with both of you guys just talking about what you thought was most interesting in your guys' story. It's up on the Athletic mm-hmm. right now. Uh, again, if you're not subscribed, forty percent off. If you go to theathletic.com/slash/timesars, you get forty percent off for your first year, which is great. Uh, but you guys wrote about this, and and the story is great. There's also stuff in it that I hadn't really, I hadn't considered or seen anywhere else, like the timeline of of all of this with Mahomes. Like this was this was not him signing a deal and then going, what do I do with my big Scrooge McDuck vault of money? Like this had been in in progress for a little bit. I'll just throw that out there because I don't really know who covered what exactly. Um, but it's it's a great it's a great story in tandem with you guys. It's a it's a mystery there, Josh. And if you're <laughs> well, I need one of you. I need one of you, you to claim it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, uh, great listener, for uh, entering the bubble as safely as possible as we, again, continue <laughs> to cook. Um, I, I think, for me, uh, I had the great pleasure of talking to LaTroy Hawkins and Bob Kendrick um, yeah. from the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum, and then LaTroy Hawkins is Patrick Mahomes' grand godson, excuse me, and a Bob. former Major League pit, uh, pitcher and is still tied to the to the Twins, yes. <laughs> Godfather. He's Patrick but, Mahomes' Godfather. Um, yeah, we got it. we're good. We're in. God. Yes. Yes. We're God. Yes. Thank you. Oh, right, um, sorry for that turnover, Coach. Um, so I think <laughs> for <laughs> Latroy gave a good amount of the timeline because Patrick had been discussing this with him for for months, um, and it was in coordination with the understanding that he was going to sign again the largest contract of all time. So I think it's clear that. Um, the Chiefs and the Royals have a good relationship, and Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes uh, sees the value in uh, having you know representation in both organizations, uh, being this uh, civic leader 
um, that I think Alec really wrote uh, really well to sort of explain how, like, just what this all means. But uh, it's not, you know, the thing that I was harping on with Latroy, and Latroy made it very clear, is that they don't, like, the Royals just don't come to you and say, hey, you want to you wanna own a, a percentage of the team? Like, they don't do this yeah. for, for anybody, uh, let alone a guy that's also a professional athlete in a completely other league. Um, so there's there's a good, strong relationship there. Uh, it benefits all parties involved. It benefits, honestly, uh, Kansas City because it sort of, makes it clear and i know john sherman the the primary owner of the royals has said this but it makes it clear that like the royals aren't going anywhere the chiefs aren't going anywhere these two franchises will continue to work um in the future and and support one another but man for mahomes to have the foresight and honestly the financial ability to do this is remarkable and it does speak to the unity that kansas city has right now in terms of sports i wanted to follow on the bob kendrick thing for a little bit because i just i Hearing him speak on it, and I know that, that you guys have have, uh, have written about him and, and the Negro League Museum many, many times. It's always great. But hearing him specifically talk about it and like the angle that he took, I just wanted to kind of push you guys in that direction for a little bit because that was one of the most interesting sort of like extra level deeper things that I, I, I thought came from the story. Yeah. And and I mean, I Nate spoke to Bob and, and, and we, it, it was interesting. So the news breaks and I'll kind of just go through the process a little bit and I mean, my first reaction was, I mean, I, I, obviously how big of news this is, was for Kansas City. I mean, I, I, I truthfully, even when it broke, I was like, I think this means more than than just superstar athlete buys team. And as young, um, yeah. I, I thought about the fact that he is, is a black person in America in this time. I thought about a lot of things. And um, – and so we set out, and I was really appreciative that Nate, day after vacation, jumped right in, and uh, he did speak to Latroy and Bob. So I think it'd probably be best for him to speak on on just what Bob um, and how Bob approached it. But it, it was, it, I mean, I, I just, I think we got to a level deeper that um, made even me, a person with, with such a different background and tries to be as empathetic as possible, made me think to a level that I, I don't know if I initially would have. Yeah, and and I want to make it clear to everybody that, you know, me and Alec worked on this hand in hand. Like, we came up with the questions together, how we wanted to sort of uh, present questions to everyone that we talked to. Um, it's great when you when you can do this quickly, and thankfully the Athletic gives us the freedom um, to do it. And our, and our editor, uh, the fearless, uh, you know, Brendan Roberts was was like, let's go. Like, let's just, like, this is the story of the day, and let's attack it as best we can. And so... You know, me and Alec talked about it for quite a bit. Just what does this mean? Uh, how much of the timeline can we get of this? How much of the understanding from the Royals perspective as much as it is from Patrick? And just, you know, it it's rare because Kansas City has the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum. And so that's another level to this that, you know, had Patrick Mahomes, I don't know, played for the Baltimore Ravens and had purchased the Baltimore Orioles. Like, you're just not going to just not going to have that type of of peace to this story. So we, we found it to be important in all angles. And, you know, as I wrote in the story along with Alec, like Bob just sort of explained, uh, you know, I told him the news. This is the fun part about it. Like I, I texted Bob Kendrick and he was like, wait, what? And I was like, yeah. And then I sent the Royals press release off to him and he was like, really? And I was like, yeah. Um, so I caught him in his most, 
um, like pure reaction state. And, and that's always good for a story, right? Um, because you want to yeah. get people's honest thoughts as they're happening um, as close to real time as you can be. So it was a, it was a good time to catch Bob. Uh, and he sort of explained just the idea that like, if you play and he said this, not me, but he's, he's, his, his sort of point in all of this. And he says that if you take a tour to the Negro Leagues baseball museum, which I would highly encourage you to do if you're ever in Kansas city and whenever this coronavirus sort of, you know, dissipates and we can all get back to some level of normalcy. But Bob makes the, the clear argument that if you play team sports in America at any level, peewee high school, college pros, uh, and if you are of a certain type of person based on the complexion of your skin, if you are considered a minority in America, the reason you can play on that team with your other teammates is in large part because of the Negro Leagues. And yeah. for Patrick Mahomes to have this heritage that Bob sort of explained to me, not only the heritage of the Negro Leagues, but obviously the heritage of his own family being black men playing in the major leagues. Obviously, his father, Pat, played 11 years in the major leagues. Uh, Pat's best friend is Latroy Hawkins, who played 21 years in the major leagues as a pitcher. And obviously, that's why he became Patrick's uh, godfather. So, all of that, understanding that Patrick Mahomes, at one point in time, ladies and gentlemen, was a guy who was drafted by the Detroit Tigers. And he was like, no. (laughs) No. In five years, I'm going to be owning part of a major league baseball team. (laughs) So there's, there's historical context in all of this. And it was important to sort of demonstrate that while also getting just the, the excitement from the Royals reaction and think about the synergy and sort of the ability to Patrick aligning himself while telling kids like, yes, it's cool to play football. It's cool to try no look passes in the backyard. Um, but you can also, you know, give yourself and see the fun in baseball because like, I want to be at every level of what the Royals are doing for the foreseeable future. And Kansas city has one of the more prominent, you know, youth urban baseball academies in their city. That's right across the street from the Negro leagues baseball museum. And I'm assuming Patrick Mahomes is going to be a part of that moving forward along with uh, not only John Sherman, but obviously what the Royals are doing from a front office standpoint. So um, it's a, you know, Bob said it was a watershed day in Kansas City, and it's hard mm-hmm. to argue against him just because of all the levels and the onion that comes with the significance of this news. It's interesting because you mentioned uh, Nate mentioned like catching Bob in the news, and it was I, this didn't make mm-hmm. the story, but I reached out um, to former Mayor Sly James, and he texted back. Mm-hmm. He's like, "I'm in a, I, I'm working on a mediation." Uh, what is the news? Like he, it was the same type, like what just Mm. happened? Um, and, and and he got on the phone and we talked about it and I mean, it really struck me. He's like, look, it's, it seems so perfect. Like, and, and he's like, I'm trying to think of why this wouldn't be perfect from a, just showing the strength of the civic institutions in Kansas city from a standpoint of what, it means for kids to look up and not only see Patrick Mahomes and what he can do on the field, but what he can do off the field and give them an inspiration. Um, and, and, and also I think Sly was like, look, um, with what the Royals have done over this period of, of, I don't know, just the racial injustice, but also COVID in general, the Royals have kind of been the model organization of paying their employees, of showing 
an ability to to listen and learn in the story we I spoke to Reggie Sanders who's a special assistant with the Royals he played in the big leagues mm-hmm. and, and knows Latroy Hawkins and um he spoke about how early uh, in the days after George George Floyd's death um I mean the organization held so many Zoom meetings just to go through perspective and they talked about diversity inclusion and equity and talking about it was important, Reggie thought, but then the, I guess, accompaniment of, of, of accompanying equity action was important um, for him to see. And so that was his take on, on seeing this happen. He's like, look, we could talk about equity as much as we want and diversity and inclusion, but when you see someone of, of a minority background in an ownership level at the table, per se, um, it, it, it means something. And it means something from a leadership element top down and for the culture of the organization. So that's, that's kind of how I viewed it. I, I think it, it does go back to, I mean, Nate mentioned the Urban Youth Academy, but it's something Dayton Moore has harped upon. It's been one of like his most purposeful things that he's been able to do since he's been in Kansas City. And I spoke to Angel McGee, who is the manager of communication and outreach at the Urban Youth Academy. And she said she saw the news at her desk and she couldn't believe it either. And she put it on her monitor and read through it. And um, and her pers- perspective was like what this means for an organization like the Urban Youth Academy that preaches not success and, and growth and development on the field, but off of, off of it too. She, it, for her and, and how much it she felt like it meant and just how much of a perfect connection it was just struck her in a way that I think even this morning we text a little bit, it just hasn't dissipated. And I don't think it will for a while. Seth, we've, we've had you off on the side. I imagine just watching like old Mitch Morse clips for the last few minutes. Do you have anything <laughs> that, that you thought was interesting? You wanted to, to throw out to Nate or Alec? I am researching Patrick Mahomes, first down achieved scrambling. Thank you very much. Or are you eating Cheetos? Well, I always, I'm always eating Cheetos, but that's besides <laughs> the point, Josh. Um, no, I don't really have any questions other than how fortunate do you feel to get to write about Patrick Mahomes? That's like, it's like a cheat code in our business. That's a softball, Alec. <laughs> it was nice. It was, it was, I mean, truthfully, it was funny. It's, it's, it's funny. I was telling Josh this last night, but it's like, I've, I've been doing that. I started covering the Royals. In, this, in some sense, last March, uh, March of 2019. And it's like, obviously, friends I go to school with or people from home. It's like, oh, it's, you're coming to Major League Baseball team. And then they kind of just go dark and the Royals lose a lot of games. And then <laughs> Mahomes purchased ownership and my phone's blowing up like, wow, this is the team you cover. I'm like, oh, yeah, I've been I've been grinding. Um, and and uh, this is the point at which some people's eyes have been open. But no, I mean, seriously, it, it, it was I think even for me, as much as, sure, writing about Mahomes and the reaction is all good and well, but I just felt like, I mean, I, I always view it, and this is deep and serious, what have you, but I always view it like the stories that can um, open my eyes to certain things that I might not otherwise see, and also stories that I think can inspire others are the ones that I think you get into this business for, or at least for me, that's 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 kind of where I see my purpose, so as much as, yes, the, the story carries weight because it's Patrick Mahomes, I felt like it was an important story for me to work on at my age with my background and the point at which I'm in in my career. And so that's 
that's truthfully was the overarching feel. Um, even after Alberto Mondesi doesn't run out of ground a fly ball last night and the Royals <laughs> lose, I, I went to sleep very. Uh, I just it, it felt good to get to put together that story and and um, have the conversations that I I was able to have and, and work with Nate. I mean, we had a good time on that. I I felt like maybe Nate's awesome. like that was yeah. terrible, but no, no, it was, <laughs> <laughs> no, it was. It was great. I mean, let's be fair. Um, you know, Alec wrote the story. I, I supported him in it. Um, you guys should really, I, I deeply encourage you guys to to read his stuff on the Royals because it's been so much fun, and um, to just be a part of you know the athletic family. It's it's great to know that we have we have some some good some good. We have the ability to, to 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 tell the story as best we can when it matters in Kansas City, and that 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 just is what is important to me, like it is to all of us here. Uh, obviously, Danielle is not in Kansas City, much like Seth, but like she's she's a Kansas Cityan now, y'all. She just she just been with us too long. That like you know we know she loves her Dolphins, but you know thankfully she can also watch. She could also watch Patrick Mahomes play football too. Um, Trust me, watching the, Patrick Mahomes is so much more fun. <laughs> <laughs> Seems that way. So, so it, the the last thing I would say, and and I think me, you know, I'm kind of putting this out there now because me and Alec may work on it uh, in the future. But like, look, a lot of Chiefs, including Patrick, have mentioned the idea of like, hey, maybe we can do our own version of like. You know the ESPN mega documentary on the last dance in the last season of yeah. you know Michael Jordan with the Bulls, folks. There was a time in 1993 where, as Seth mentioned, Michael Jordan kind of beat basketball, and so if Patrick yeah, Mahomes oh beats football in 2023, I am I going to be surprised if Patrick Mahomes is like, you know what? Let me take off the suit on MLB the show and let me put on a uniform. I will not be surprised and. I mean, maybe me and Alec will just ask some people around town and just say, hey, what would it look like if Homeboy actually put on a Royals jersey and was, like, pitching six innings every five days? Like, just, you know, just in the summer months of May, June, July, in a smidge of August to keep the Royals postseason hopes alive in 2024. So that's that's where I'm going to leave it because I just like thinking about that. If that uh, happens, you, I mean – God forbid this virus and everything's over. But for something, I mean, I would drive to Vermont to cover that game wearing a mask <laughs> through the whole way. I mean, you could if, if that were to happen, yeah. <laughs> I, I'd be there. And any, I mean, come on, we. I, I, and it would be frustrating to see. I mean, for like a guy like Scott Barlow to have to kind of give way to Patrick Mahomes mm. would be kind of interesting to watch. But. Um, <laughs> We, I mean, Scott Barlow's like like good. He's good, but he ain't Patrick. He's good. No, Scott Scott looked good. Scott looked good. I, I shouldn't. I really shouldn't slight Scott Barlow. He's looked actually very good and was good last year. Um, but no, if Patrick Mahomes pitched in Major League Baseball after 2023, uh, there would be a few stories about it. I could imagine. Uh, we will leave it there. Although I would like all of you to please check your texts. I just sent you all a text message. Um, of something that I also think is important, maybe the most important work that I will do today. Um, you guys should all be getting that momentarily. If it's a fall, it's I know this something. is an audio medium. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the audience is like, what is that's incredible? Hey, You're a bad t- person. <laughs> I will tweet this out. I just want everyone. When the show goes live. Everyone who thinks listening to this show 
<laughs> oh, you know what the best part of it is? The real friendship. It's a lie. Because Josh is a bad human. <laughs> and we're actually bitter enemies. And we fooled you. That's acting, my friend. We have Daniel day lewis you. It's been an honor, truthfully, to see that unravel in this in this forty minute period. You know, I mean, we have had not many... many people can, especially in this day and age. Sorry, excuse me, and especially in this day and age with the bubble situation that we're living in, rarely can you get the up close view. So to be here for it, I mean, I I'll, sure. I don't know if it's something I'll ever forget. Well, frankly, Clyde Edwards Hilaire already tried to break up the band. Yeah, and now <laughs> Draymond Green. Is going to be the thing. Josh sent me a meme. He'll send it I'll to you eventually. It. I'm going to tweet he's a it. Bad person. They've all got it. They've all. And you guys all got it. And I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to tweet it out whenever the show goes up at, at JB Briscoe. I, regional pronunciation. Josh, you are just as bad as that one guy that really picked on me for saying jag, jaguars or however it is I pronounce ja- it. Jaguars <laughs> is how you regional pronunciation. Jaguars. 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 And I had a dude send me like a 500 word Facebook message about that. I would expect someone of your position to understand the pronunciation. Like that's, I assume that's how he talks. I don't know. But that's you, Josh. Uh, this is also the end of the show, so uh, this is usually a Nate thing. I, but Nate, you and Alec now are just are just uh, connected at the hip at this point. I don't know if you guys want to both figure out a way to sign off. Here's what I'll tell you: why you guys figure that, why you guys workshop your new improv routine. If you want to read that story, it's excellent. It's up on the Athletic right now. If you're subscribed, great. If you're not, go to theathletic.com/slash/timesars for forty percent off for your year with the Athletic and check out that story and all of the coverage the Athletic has. Chiefs, Royals, everything else. It's all there. Theathletic.com slash times ours. All right. Everybody's watching and listening here in the podcast bubble. All right. Let's let's, let's 10 seconds on the clock. It's 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 Danielle has called the play. It's me and Alec on a high <laughs> pick and roll screen at the top of the key. I'm setting the screen. So I'm, Do your I'm work, rolling. Alec. Am I so am I getting it and laying it in? Like this. Yeah, let's go, baby. Let's All go. Right. Here it comes. All Here right. comes the screen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh God. Oh, oh no. Oh, Seth ran over and blocked the shot. Seth, we're on the same team. Seth, why did you block Alex's shot? We just lost. <laughs> now we all have COVID also because it's a bad bubble. Come on, Seth. I thought I thought nobody could do worse than J.R. Smith, <laughs> Seth. Come on, Seth. J.R. Smith, put a shirt on, I, Seth. I, th- I, thought, I thought we had the other basket. <laughs>